This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk with Omiyal Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balkis, with Omiyal Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world. And today, we're opening up with how the UAE is opening a coding school with no classes nor teachers. Yes, indeed. This is a very big achievement right here in the UAE, and we can't wait to share the details about it with you. But around the world, New Zealand is struggling with cyber attacks. This is, I think, the fourth day that they've been receiving endless attacks on all of their stock markets, even weather uh, services. And we're going to be giving you all the details on that as well. Yes, and we've seen a lot of sites on aliens and UFOs in the past year. Actually, the FBI, or I believe the CIA, did release documents that there was sites of UFOs back in the 90s and 60s. But now we're talking about a man in a jetpack has been seen soaring 900 meters above the Los Angeles airport in America, in California. Yes, indeed. And coming up on Future Talk as well, we're going to be talking about a very interesting gadget, one that is definitely not a new uh, addition to the tech world, but definitely an interesting twist on it. Polaroids are coming for our cell phones. There is a new mobile printer out of coming out of Polaroid that can turn your iPhone photos into stickers. How cool would that be to be able to keep it as a memorabilia for life, uh, for a, an entire life ahead? Yes, and hackers are, can now clone your keys just by listening to them with a smartphone. So just if you cling your keys, your ha- a hacker could probably clone your keys. Let us know what you think about all these stories. And what is your favorite story at 4215 Durat Salat? You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the digital world, in the UAE and around the world. Big news is happening right here in the UAE. We've always talked about coding being the language of the future. And now there is a school that can teach students how to code at a very, very interesting price. It is absolutely free to attend, so there's no price at all, actually. And it is happening in the capital of the UAE, Abu Dhabi. They're going to be opening a coding school that has no classes and is free to attend. Now, this is definitely an interesting way to approach school but one of the more futuristic ways to do that the, the school is going to be known as 42 Abu Dhabi and it's going to be a facility that will be welcoming its first students at Mina Zayed next February there's going to be traditional classes and teachers but they're not going to be the typical teachers and classes that you find whenever you attend a regular school because they're actually going to be relying on peer reviews coding projects and internships so children are going to be able to learn practically rather than theoretically and whenever we're saying children this is actually not the reality with this school because it's going to be targeting people at the age of 18 or above yes and the best part about this school is that it's open 24 hours a day and has actually been endorsed by twitter founder jack dorsey and snapchat's even spiegel So even Snapchat and Twitter are supporting the 42 Abu Dhabi program and coding has been has been the language recently Mm -hmm. in the world. Now, a lot of people do depend on coding. A lot of companies do want coders and not a lot of there are not a lot of coders out there. And even Omni and I talked about it, I think a year and a half ago, we guys gave we gave you a website called Coding Academy that was completely free because coding is 
easy to learn. And if you learn it, it can, it can open a lot of opportunities for the future, not only for the job market, but for the future. Now, you don't, you don't have to have any coding experience, prior experience, but students must be over 18 and they have to take a month-long assessment. Now, during those four weeks, which do include weekends, applicants must actually work on training exercises, computer projects, and tests to get to know other candidates. Now, the assessment does start from scratch and requires no preliminary knowledge, just mm -hmm. a mouse and a keyboard. And I've actually took a class myself, but not from 42 Abu Dhabi, from that coding academy. I actually, I think I wrote... I think it was like 40 lines of code mm -hmm. and and I, I liked it but I didn't want to pursue it as a career but it's pretty simple it's pretty easy to get to know and once you master it and master the coding language whatever it's going to be Python, Java whatever it is mm. it's going to open a lot of doors for you it's definitely a very good skill to have especially in the day and age that we are living in and the assessment to actually enter such a school starts from scratch so as you mentioned Hani they don't need to have any experience in coding but all they need to do is have an open mind and a passion to actually get into coding now if the first batch of students actually benefit from this school um, the first batch will become the self-directed curriculum so they'll basically be able to teach other students that are going to be going into that school how to code as well the main aim is to learn how to create algorithms build secure networks and create games now for those of you who are interested you can go ahead and register yourself at www.42abudabi.ae and once the school is fully operational uh, about 750 students can attend and it's actually open to everyone emiratis and residents and anyone interested in coding can go ahead and register in it but let's move on to talk a little bit about the drama that has been happening around the world around the world when it comes to cyber attacks yes let's go down under to new zealand how they're enduring a wave of cyber attacks now new zealand's justice minister did say that the nation is confronting cyber attacks as an unprecedented scale which they are targeting everything from the stock market all the way to the weather service now we've talked about cyber attacks and how they've been they've been uh, kind of we've seen a rise in them mm -hmm. during, since the pandemic because a lot of people are on the internet they're all they are using uh, web services so now we're seeing them being targeted to governments as well now i mean it's 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 crazy how i, I like i'm going to talk about ethically mm -hmm. now we know there's our, there are hackers who are black hat and white hat ha hackers now we're seeing these black hat hackers they're hacking governments and stock markets and and, and weather services and it just raises the question why what are they gaining from it Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, with these hackers, there's definitely uh, invites to pay ransom. We may say they're forcing them to pay ransoms. But the biggest advice that we have always heard from cybersecurity uh, experts is to never, ever, ever pay that ransom. Mm. Little has been told about the sheer volume of data that was being used by the attackers. But New Zealand's foreign spy agency is helping with the investigation and they're working to protect all the, co all the companies that have been targeted in what it says appears to be a part of a global campaign. Now, now, Omnia, uh, so apparently there was an investigation and they're saying that there was emails sent to some people in mm -hmm. that government sector that we always know don't open emails that are from senders that you don't know about, especially if you're such in a high position. And mm -hmm. they were giving them DDoS attacks, which are distributed denial of service attacks, which basically means they are sending thousands and thousands, if not millions of bytes to a router 
voucher or to a computer, thus denying them service because there would be so much load mm-hmm. that they cannot access the internet. The attacks even stopped share trading for up to several hours at a time mm. on the period of four days last week. Now, a private company, which does go by the name of NZX, which did host the market, said it did halt trading to maintain market integrity because the attacks prevented it from publishing marketing announcements. Mm-hmm. But little said, the attackers had found vulnerabilities in the stock market operations, which we all know, if you mess with the stock market, you're basically messing with their currency. Absolutely. And it's definitely been a very lengthy cyber attack and hopefully it'll be solved soon and the attackers will be caught we'll definitely keep you updated with all that arises from the new zealand's wave of cyber attacks but coming up on future talk we're talking all about men flying in jetpacks over airports in the u.s keep pulse 95 locked we'll be right back A man in a jetpack has been seen soaring 900 meters above the Los Angeles airport. Now, pilots have confirmed that there was an air traffic... They actually have told air air traffic control that they spotted a jetpack on their descent. Now, not only one pilot, but two airline pilots did report seeing someone on a jetpack (laughs) on their approach to Los Angeles International Airport just this Sunday. Now, FBI did report launching a probe into the incident. So not even the FBI did know that there was a jetpack or a man in a jetpack flying around the airport. Now, this is very, very funny and yet very, very creepy because we have to look at past news. Now, in the recent news, we have been seeing that the FBI and the CIA and the U.S. government have been actually saying that, listen, UFOs are real. We've seen UFOs. And now we're seeing a man in a jet packet. We have no pictures of this man, mm-hmm. but they see someone, a figure, flying around. And obviously, just logically, they're saying it was a jet pack. Do they have any confirmations? They don't. So could it be an alien? It's crazy to think that we're living in a day and age where humans are literally strapped onto jet packs and circulating the sky. But a recording of the aircraft communications at LA's airport was capturing the moment uh, that the American airline pilot actually reported that incident. And And what's interesting about it is that the air traffic controller asked him to clarify where he saw this. And whenever he was trying to exactly point out the location, the sighting was actually backed up by a second pilot who contacted the tower at around the same time to say that he saw the same thing. And both of pilots were actually saying that they saw the guy pass them by on a jetpack. Now, a person on a jetpack is definitely not a regular scene, not especially not not in the area around an airport because I feel like that's just not even safe for the airplanes that are landing that are taking off and and we want, we need to remember that airplanes fly at a high altitude mm-hmm. so what kind of jetpack is in that vicinity of the airplane and we're saying I think they fly at about an altitude of let's say 3000 feet mm-hmm. now what jet now we know jetpacks hover and jetpacks can go up to a five six stories but they're all the way in the air next to airplanes airliners and they're passing them. A jetpack has passed them. Now he was hovering or he was going. He, he was like, all right, hi, bye. And he <laughs> left. So what kind of jetpack is that? But it does raise the question, is someone testing out something? Mm. And why would they test it in that area? So we know if someone wanted to test out something, a jetpack or any type of sort, they wouldn't test it in front of the public. They would test it in secrecy. But that does come to question. Is it an alien? 
Who knows? And mm. whenever we're talking about jetpacks and how high they can fly, uh, jetpacks have definitely had a very long journey. So they've come a long way since they were first introduced. And now they can actually fly much higher and much faster than the initial models. So we're talking about a high of about 900 meters at the upper range for many jetpacks. So any though any of those who are adrenaline junkies or thrill seekers, uh, they may just be spotted by the airline, you know, pushing their limits and also challenging all of those pilots. However, earlier this year, we've actually witnessed something very similar right here in the UAE uh, because a pilot was actually able to reach double the height that this uh, jetpack flyer was able to reach. So Jetman in the UAE was actually soaring for about three minutes on a jetpack jetpack flight uh, that reached an altitude of about 1,800 meters. Uh, and that was all part of a stunt that he was actually working on. But many jetpacks actually require operators to be licensed pilots in the UAE, uh, in the United States, and they actually have to be registered with the Federal a- Aviation mm. Administration. Now, again, this just raises the question, who is this guy or who is this creature? Because, again, not, the FBI didn't even know about it. The FBI, who knows everything. True. And the U.S., their, their <laughs> Federal Bureau of Investigation, they didn't know about it. So this just raises the question, was it an alien? Was it not? And if it was someone who was doing something or testing something in secrecy, why would they take it to a Los Angeles airport where they know is one of the most, most busiest airports in the U.S.? And you could easily be tracked. And easily be tracked. So, I, I mean, what kind of, I just want to say, like, what kind of jetpack is going to fly next to an airliner and airliners go fast and pass an airliner. And then within a couple of hours, another pilot is going to say the same thing. So this jetpack has enough fuel to stay in the air. That's number one. Number two, enough speed to pass an airliner. Absolutely. The unknown jetpacker. Let us know. Do you think it was an actual person on a jetpack or do you think it's an alien? Send in your thoughts at 4215. Do it to Salat or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be letting you know all about how you can turn your iPhone photos into stickers by using one simple gadget. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're You're listening listening to to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. We all hang on to our memories in a way or two, whether it was by scrolling through our photo feed on our phones and reminiscing on old memories that we've had with our family or loved ones, or even if it was through the way of film. This takes me back to years and years ago when film was actually a thing, but Polaroid is bringing that back in a very interesting and new twisted way. If you just need a bunch of stickers of your cat to put on your laptop, or if you want to have memories of your friends also stuck on your laptop, Polaroid just came through in the clutch. Now, it's funny because back in the day when Polaroids were a thing, a lot of people wanted digital photos. They wanted photos on their computer, on their phone, and just in the cloud in in general. Now, 20 years later, Omnia, now everyone wants a physical copy of their pictures, and it's now considered an aesthetic if you have a Polaroid picture, which I find it crazy. That is the beauty of technology. Old things become new things, and new things become old things. So Polaroid just did its launch of its high-print mobile uh, printer, which is available on their website, but it is quite hefty with a $100 price tag, 
and a 20-sheet printer cartridge, which costs $17 separately. So you're paying around $120, which can go for 400 and something dirhams for this privilege or advantage. Or you can spend $130 for a starter set that does come with the printer and 40 sheets of paper. But you can buy it from Best Buy and Amazon, which will have it in about seven days. So we're talking September 10th. But if Polaroid is to be believed, printing from this high print should be pretty simple. All you do is connect it via USB, uh, via Bluetooth, not even USB, <laughs> via Bluetooth. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then you can go ahead, choose and customize by using different filters and different text on it, what you want to print in that uh, app that comes along with it. So they have an app actually available on their Apple iOS store, as well as their Android app. And these images that you print out of the, po the Polaroid printer actually come out in the form of a 2.3 inch by 3.4 inch photo. So they're very wallet friendly. You can keep them in your wallet. And this actually brings me back to memories as a child. Whenever my dad would pull up his wallet and I'd find an old picture of him and my mother in it. Or even friends who would tend to keep uh, pictures of their loved ones tucked into that wallet. But with these photos comes the adhesive back. So you can go ahead and stick them wherever you please. Whether it was on the fridge, on your laptop, or even on your scrapbooks. I know scrapbooks have definitely been... Uh, a thing mm. of the past, but a lot of people still tend to keep uh, scrapbooks to keep memories in. See, we're going to go to a, uh, a blast from the past. Now, if people remember an, a, a photo sharing website that, mm. that was brought by Google, it was called Picasso. Yes. If anyone remembers that. Now, back in, we're talking about 2004, 2003, you would have a digital camera. You take a picture with that digital camera. And the cool thing to do was upload it to Picasso and have everyone, like Omnia just said, a scrapbook. You could share those kind of albums. Mm -hmm. But now, 20 years later, 17 years later, a lot of people don't really care about having their photos on, on albums online. You just post it on Instagram. But what they want now is physical copies. They want to we have... miss that part of history. True. 100%. Now, even that thing goes with books. Now, having everything digitalized is great but a lot of people want to buy physical books it goes to gaming as well you i can download a book but at the same time i can download a game but people like i have a, i download the game but i don't feel like i have it i don't feel like i accomplished something so that's why a lot of people buy cds and i know makir atiyah from afternoon karak can back me up on that a lot of people want physical things because it does have a different sense to it and that that's why a lot of people uh, prefer books over Kindles and mm -hmm. 10 years ago people were like no Kindles is the new thing I prefer Kindles over books and I know a handful of people who had Kindles and then went back to books because there's a different feel when you touch that picture that paper Absolutely. Polaroid also added that this device can actually print at a very, very fast speed. So it takes less than a minute to have this memory become mm -hmm. in your hands. And uh, the photos are also water resistant. So if you stuck them on your laptop, you don't have to worry about them being mm. damaged if you choose to disinfect your laptop as well now the battery of that printer is supposedly good for about 20 prints before you would have to go ahead and recharge it and recharging it is actually quite simple all you'll need is a micro usb cable so it looks actually quite tempting so people can go ahead print family photos they can go ahead print memes that mm. are found in their photo library and it only costs $17 to buy more sheets. So that's actually quite a cheap price for memories to live forever. And the best thing about it is it's portable. You don't have to just do it at home. You can go out to an outing, take a picture, give it to your friends. And it's beautiful because all you do is take a picture on your iPhone, Android, mm -hmm. whatever it is, connect it. 
via Bluetooth to that Polaroid and have those picture, pictures printed out. It is pr- quite costly. I'm not going to tell you it's not costly. It is yeah. quite costly. But at the same time, it's I something mean, you always keep. And it gives you that vintage vibe. So mm-hmm. Polaroids are very well known to have that vintage vibe. And if you want to post something on Instagram, have a little bit aesthetic <laughs> on your Instagram posts, take a picture of that picture. <laughs> yes, indeed. It is actually a great gift to also give to a friend or a sibling if their birthday is coming up quite soon. Let us know. Do you prefer having physical copies of your photos or do you stick to the digital format? Text in at 4215, do it to or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. But coming up on Future Talk, we're talking all about hackers being able to clone your keys just by listening to them on your smartphone. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Check this out. Hackers. Yes, we're talking about hackers. I love talking about hackers. But guess what they can do now? They can now clone your key just by listening to them with a smartphone. Now, let's kind of use our imagination here, ladies and gentlemen. If you can close your eyes, close your eyes. If you can't close your eyes because you're driving, please don't. But imagine yourself unlocking your door, your house door. And you hear a little ching, 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 ching <laughs> when you bring them out. So with that sound only, your key does whisper a small but audible secret. And hackers have finally learned on how to listen to them. Yes, indeed. Researchers at the National University of Singapore uh, actually released a paper on how hackers are now able to only use a smartphone microphone and a program that they were able to design to basically be able to clone your key. And what's more on that is the fact that if a thief was actually able to install malware on your smartphone, smartwatch or smart doorbell, they are able to record the audio from far away. So they won't even be uh, or have to be able to be physically near you for them to be able to pull off such an attack. Yes, and the key to attack, which is a called it's called spy key, is the sound made by the lock pins as they move over a typical key ridges. Now, I'm not, I'm not any locksmith, or do I know anything <laughs> about hacking locks? But obviously, let's again. I want you guys to imagine when you put your key into your door, it makes that, then you unlock it. Correct. So hackers have found out the way in which pins move by their sound, and when a victim does insert a key into the door lock. An attacker walking by records of a sound with a smartphone microphone can know what type of lock you have on your door and how to create or manipulate or even clone a key to unlock your door. And with that recording, the thief was even able to use the time between the audible clicks to determine the distance between the ridges along the key. Using this information, even a bad actor can then compute and produce a series of likely keys. Now, I don't know if anyone has seen uh, a lock, uh, uh, a visible lock without it being in a door. Yeah. But when you, there's a couple of pins under or above. It depends what kind of lock you have. And there are distance between those pins. And when you insert your key, every time you hit a pin, it will take a sound. So if I hit pin number one, tuck. And then pin number two, tuck. And there's like a three second delay or a couple, three millise- millisecond delay. They'll know the distance between each key 
and make a lock, make a key for that same lock. Yes, indeed. In other words, instead of fooling around with the lock picking tools, thieves in 2020 can actually simply try a few pre-made keys and then stroll right through the victim's door. Now, there are some limitations in the real world. We do need to state that. Um, the attacker would need to know what type of lock you have. Uh, the information can actually be figured out by looking at the exterior of the lock. So that doesn't give you a little bit of um, extra layer of safety. But second of all, the speed at which the key is actually placed into the lock is assumed to be constant. So there is still a little bit of time for us to protect our locks before attackers uh, can get a hand on them. But you know what kind of locks I like? Now, my friend has actually have this on his apartment. Mm -hmm. A fingerprint lock. Ooh. A fingerprint lock. And and it was quite expensive. He did tell me he paid a hefty amount for I don't remember the cost. Yeah. But all, all he needs is his finger. I mean, if you cut off his, if someone <laughs> cut off his finger, then he's out of luck. But all he needed was a, lo was, it was a finger. And there's actually a lot of doorbells or, or, or doorknobs that kind of um, uh, pr protect that key factor. If you lose your keys or not, you can do it with your smartphone. But I believe when it comes to locking doors and locking stuff, there's always going to be a type of uh, mishap that happens. Someone can steal this, someone can do that. But we always have to be safe and remember, I mean, you can't really be safe enough when a sound of a key. But what you got to do, again, this goes back to cybersecurity. Know what type of emails you're opening. Know what type of things you're downloading. And don't give anyone the, 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 the way to unlock your phone because if someone has your passcode or you leave your phone unattended, there's, there's programs and there's even devices, yes, devices that someone could put on your phone and give you malware. Absolutely. Make sure you keep your gadgets safe, but more importantly, make sure you also stay safe as well. Cases have definitely been increasing right here in the UAE, and this is merely a reminder for mm. all of us to abide by all the precautionary measures uh, that the health authorities have been advising us to do. Wearing our masks, always sanitizing, and washing our hands constantly. Yes, and it is the weekend, so most of you guys are going out and having fun. We want you guys to be safe. Just like Omnia said, cases are rising. And with a rise in cases, that is bad news for all of us because obviously some people are not doing their job that they need to do when it comes to being safe and taking the precautionary measures. Again, remember, you are responsible for your well-being and the people around you. Don't be selfish. Always remember to wear a mask, sanitize, wash your hands, and social distance. Not saying that friend you haven't seen for six months, <laughs> it can wait a little bit more until we find the vaccine ho ho hopefully soon enough. It's Thursday, guys. I guys, I want you to have a great weekend ahead of you. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. And we'll see you Sunday right here only on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.